0: Alright, good morning. Good to see you all. We're looking forward to today and what the Lord has for us, uh, both in the morning service and, uh, and tonight for our, our concert together. Um, we're excited this weekend to have uh, Mac and Beth Lynch uh, join us. And uh, they uh, came yesterday, uh, well they flew in Friday, right? Link Friday. And, uh, and then uh, they came Saturday evening with the, the choir members and those involved in music. And we did some rehearsals. Um, and then uh, he had some words to share as well to the musicians. And, um, and it was a really encouraging, really great time, instructive time for all of us. We really enjoyed it. And we look forward to you being able to hear from him as well. Um, I first met uh, Mac Lynch at the Wilds when I was a counselor there. And he was directing the music, leading the music there. So I got to uh, be under his leadership in the choir. Yeah, and, and you cut my hair as well. Yeah, he cut a lot of hair while he was at the Wilds. And uh, so... <laughs>
1: <That's right. laughs>
0: I, was, I was a scrawny guy, that's for sure. Yeah, still am, but even more so back then. Um, but uh, anyway... One thing I've appreciated about, about Mac and his leadership is, and even seeing it, if you were here yesterday, you saw this as well, is his focus and his emphasis on the spiritual truth underlying why we sing and what we sing. Uh, even yesterday, he was talking about instructions to his choir members, and, and the first thing he mentioned was read your Bible throughout the week. Sometimes we fail to remember that our singing is meant to be a result of of the word of Christ dwelling in you richly. And as you, as you dwell on God's truth and you meditate on his truth and his word, it results in worship and praise. And uh, so often we'd separate those two and we, we just focus on the performance aspect or the technicality aspect and we, and we fail to remember the, uh, the reality of the fact that we're presenting worship to God from our hearts. And, uh, and so I've always appreciated that about him, and I'm sure you'll hear more about that this morning. Um, you should have received a handout. Anyone did not receive a handout this morning that needs one? We have a couple there in the back. Go ahead and grab a handout. Wonderful. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, open us in prayer, and then uh, I will turn it over to Mac for our combined Sunday school hour. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for um, bringing us together this morning, and we thank you for the gift of music, uh, just the the ability that it has to um, express truths in a powerful way, to to take deep root in our souls and in our hearts um, as we we remember your truth through song. I pray that today, uh, everything that is played and sung uh, would be a genuine act of praise from the heart. Um, that we would prepare our hearts even now, that we would not come into the morning service with hearts in rebellion to you and and singing superficially, but hearts that are submitted to you singing genuinely. And we just thank you uh, for the opportunity to worship you because of what your son did on the cross for us. Uh, Guide our time together this morning. That would be instructive and helpful. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
1: All right, we have really enjoyed our time with uh, your choir and your musicians, and they have been very, very special to us. Um, Usually when we go and do some traveling, we we pray that the Lord would allow us to be a blessing uh, to the folks that we have an opportunity to minister to. And as we've been here, we've been remarking about how you all have ministered to us, at least your choir people, and some of the others that uh, were in, uh, in the building last night as well. What a blessing, what an encouragement that you all have been. I wish that <clears throat> my choir at home would obey me as much as your choir does. Um, so I'm going to go back with some ammunition for my own choir, and uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with Number one, Pastor Paul, and all that he is is doing. But for you to have a pastor that is a musician and musical as well is very unusual. A lot of pastors just choose, uh, you're the music guy, you just take care of it, I'll do my thing. And I'm glad that Pastor Aaron is active and to hear him sing. I don't remember his beautiful tenor voice when he was at the walls. Well, I don't remember him, obviously. Um, forgive me for for that and uh, the we loved our time at the Wiles we were there for 35 years and the most the thing that I loved the most was the opportunity to to, we were all assigned as a staff to to disciple or work with certain uh, of the summer staff who were usually college age sometimes a little bit older and then sometimes they may have been seniors in high school or whatever That was the thing we love to do the most. And to hear through the through the ages, through the years from them how they're growing and and the Lord is using them and some of them in ministry, some of them in secular work, and they're still growing, active in a church and so forth. What a blessing it is. Well, first off the bat, appreciate Pastor Praying. We're no different than than you all are. We're very normal. Um, we are we are old. I used to wonder <clears throat> why old people were cranky, and now that I'm there, I understand completely. Um, and, uh, and we are, you know, we have to work hard at our marriage. We have to work hard at um, what God puts on our place as far as ministry. We have to work hard to reach out to our our very wicked neighbors and love them and trust the Lord to to use our little seed that's dropped to to work in their hearts. Um, I have learned, Being I'm now 70, I've learned that uh, Satan has designer sins for every age. And I thought maybe as I've gotten older and wiser, you know, the battle with the flesh would become uh, easier but Satan knows just where to get us. He knows to get us, where to get us when we're young. He knows to, where to get us when we're newly married, when we start having kids, and that's when <clears throat> anger you know, starts showing up big time <laughs> when you're having to deal with your kids. And then, and then they become adults, and there's nobody out there preaching about how to parent your adult children. <laughs> and they ask your advice, and they don't take it. And all you have is prayer, and you see them fall and falter, and then you see God turn around and use their failures, and they have an opportunity then to grow. So we're 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 in your same boat, and uh, so we're no different than you are. And as I look back on my life, I'm so thankful for God's grace that has has saved me. Um, I, the light didn't turn on for me as far as the gospel is concerned until I was a freshman in college. And um, the gospel was clear. My dad got saved when I was about 10 in the Billy Graham crusade. We were Lutherans and he was invited to come counsel at the Billy Graham crusade. And then he heard the gospel and realized that that, uh, there's nothing that he could do to rescue himself, that he had to receive the Lord, realize that he was a sinner, that no good works could, could save him, and he had to trust the Lord. And I'm thankful for my dad much more now that he's gone. He passed away with Alzheimer's um, about 10 years ago, more than that, uh, 23 years ago, yeah. And... Um, and, uh, but I, the thing that I look back on and remember as a kid, and parents, you need to see this. I wanted to see my dad grow. And the thing that really <clears throat> had such a huge impact on me is that I could see my dad change. I could see him grow, I could see something was different. And um, he had no idea that I was watching him and sneaking up behind him and really checking him out. I was still thinking works in my own mind as far as salvation, and I knew in my heart was so wicked that there was just no chance for me to get saved. <clears throat> and so I, uh, I uh, the Lord in his grace allowed me to, to receive the Lord as my personal savior uh, through the power of the gospel. And I, it was all stuff that I had heard. And I could tell looking back that the Lord was working on me for a good decade at least about my salvation and his timing was such that you know when i heard the gospel again that the light turned on and i was able to receive the lord as my savior realize i was a sinner that i was hopeless and then it was refreshing uh, for me to realize that that it wasn't up to me that it was all up to him and all i had to do was to reach out and receive the gift that he had already was trying to give me it was a blessing and then when I, and I was saved out of the rock culture. And just so you know that um, I'm maybe a little sensitive about the music issue because of where the Lord has delivered me. Rock music was my God. Pop music was my God. And I liked it. And I got saved. And I was confronted with many things in my life that I needed to change. I needed to change my thinking. I needed, there's a whole lot more than just music that, That needed to change and I'm thankful not only for the fact that I'm justified but that the Lord does a sanctifying work in me and those of you that are older if you're if you're not finding yourself being sanctified and the Lord continuing to do a work in you you might sense that as a yellow flashing light that there might be a problem and our big our big theme is that we and we've done this with my parents we've done this with her parents mom dad finish well now we're (laughs) now we're the old people everybody else that's older than us is dead and so we're the ones (laughs) saying to each other finish well and uh and as i look back i'm so thankful for the things and the areas that god placed in my life and there came a time when um i had a wrong god an idol as far as my pop music was concerned. We were in a group uh, in high school, and most of the guys in the group were in their 20s, but I was in the group. I was the only high schooler in the group, but I remember one of the places we played, it was a nightclub, it was called Johnny E's in Hyannisport, Massachusetts, and I remember out there playing, and I saw Warren Eklund out there, who was a deacon in our church, and I remember, being so, and I wouldn't even say, but I remember being so disappointed. This guy seemed so perfect in church, but he was there in a nightclub and in being involved in what was going on there. And I remember even that had a huge impact. The Lord was just really starting to work. I wanted to be, when the Lord saved me, I wanted to be real, but I knew that this music had a hold of me. Went at Bob Jones, I was there and that's where I got saved. And I really liked the music. It was done well and it was rehearsed well and it, was, uh, it was, had a good quality to it. So I liked that music too. And, um, and then I got put in a position of leadership at the Wilds where I learned that uh, I needed to know, I needed to have a biblical philosophy music. I needed to know what I believed. But I didn't want to do it because somebody told me I had to believe this or that. So I found this annotated bibliography of all the music verses in scripture. And I made about 25 copies. And if you're interested in that, um, you can see Brother Paul, and he's got some um, extra copies. But I thought, I'm just going to read through the Bible. And I really thought that when that would be pretty broad in my perspective, and I was kind of Surprised how more narrow I I got as I was looking at the principles in scripture. There's, There's music in scripture of the unsaved or the wicked people. And then there's the music of the saved or those that were right with the Lord. And there's music of the carnal. And there's a lot that we can learn that way. One of the main things that I learned was that God didn't create music for me. He created music for himself. And so I had to start thinking, of, you know, like a little different perspective on, on what I'm going to be listening to. And uh, there's music of, you know, the greatest musician that ever was created was Satan himself. He, he was a, an unbelievable, and before the fall, he led, he was the music leader of heaven, among other things as well. Could he use music in, the, um, in my choices to, of course his goal is to, rend, even as a Christian, to bring me down more and more where the Holy Spirit's goal is to, is that we would grow and, and continue to grow. So he's the antithesis of what God is trying to do in my heart. So I would ask myself a lot of questions and, and what I want to do this morning is just kind of put some stuff in your lap, because this is the, you know, It's a very personal decision It's between you and the Lord about What am I going to listen to and uh, what is my what is my? Philosophy of music philosophy is why we do what we do So we all have a philosophy of music in here and mine was I'm gonna my philosophy was I'll listen to what I like and then um, I had to get to a point where um Because I like something doesn't mean that I'm gonna do it. I remember I was a smoker too. And um, when I went to, I had a, my dad tried to get me out of the public school. I was getting involved with stuff. He sent me to a a Christian boarding school in New Hampshire. And I remember there were several of us that would go out behind the bus and smoke late at night. Nobody knew, but later I found out they knew. Um, (laughs) But we thought they didn't know and, And I remember, let's see, oh, maybe in the 2010 or so, maybe the year that Pastor was there, we would have this music conference and the guy, we would have an organ, beautiful organ delivered, and the organ would be delivered and the guy, I know the guy smoked, but I got out of my car and there was a perfect free cigarette on the ground. And I thought, and my first thing was (gasps) gold, you know, and uh, but it had been so many years since I had not smoked and um, it reminded me how prone I am to go back to things of the past as well and um, and just because I like something doesn't mean that it's what the Lord would want me to listen to or sing or minister with or or whatever so what I thought I'd do this morning is uh, let's turn to Colossians 3 and uh, much of what we know of music and worship is from the Old Testament. There are some great musical, music passages in the New, in the New Testament. Much of what we know is amazing. My favorite character in, in the Bible is not Joseph, because I was never a Joseph. My favorite character is not Daniel, because I was never a Daniel. But my favorite character was David what was so remarkable about David and I get this and you maybe get something else from David but I got from David that he was a good repenter and I want to be a good repenter I want to be a good repenter even now as I've gotten older hopefully uh, that the Lord would encourage me to continue to to repent and much of what we know about worship is through David is really neat all the stuff that happened to David David turn or the Lord turn it around for his glory and still You know the thing that was remarkable about David is that he was a man after God's own heart, which I know is your Your goal as well so much of what we know of worship Came from David and then much much of what we know about private worship We can steal from David too. We love being in the Psalms and uh, enjoy his example as far as private worship is concerned. And I hope that you're, you're worshiping privately. Um, if we complain that our church is dead, and it's, it's, it's not the pastor's fault that a church may be dead or the music pastor or the youth pastor. When we think of a congregation, if a church is dead, it's because of us, it's us pew sitters. If, we, if, if everybody in the congregation had an active, vital, private worship time at home, there will be life here. And uh, I remember being, you know, years ago, coming and complaining about my own leadership in my church to Beth, and realizing that really the problem is with us, the pew sitters. If there's really something happening between Monday and and Saturday, then it'll it'll show up in a life on Sunday as our public, our private worship is reflected in our public worship. All right, let's, let me read this verse, and it's a great passage. It's a great passage about put off, put on principle. Did I tell you to go to Colossians 3? No. Yes, I have to ask myself that, because as I get older, I run ahead and then realize that I've never told them where to turn in the Bible. But Colossians 3, which is a great put off, put on principle, a great chapter, a great chapter to memorize, and then there in verse 16. Let's work together. Let's read together. Uh, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And um, One, the very first, music is the very first part of a long list. If you kind of look down, let the word of Christ dwell on you richly. It'll affect our our music. It'll affect our attitude regarding being thankful. It'll affect wives, husbands, children, father, parenting, servants, which means employer, employee relationship, master, and so forth. So... We're gonna talk about just the first thing on the list. And if you wanna do a neat little study that there's a parallel passage in Ephesians where it talks about being filled with the spirit and the same list is there in Ephesians. And, uh, and the first one in the list in Ephesians is music. So we're only gonna talk about the first thing on the list. We'll let pastor deal with the wives and the husbands and the children and the uh, parenting and so forth. Okay, if you uh, notice in your outline, we're gonna try to talk about the foundation of music from this simple passage. We're gonna try to talk about the purpose of music, content of music. I understand you had Chris Anderson here not long ago. How long ago was that? A week? Um, Six weeks ago. ago. Interesting, from your generation right now, you folks are experiencing something really neat because in my time, Years ago, and if you, were, if you were to kind of go through our hymn book, a lot of the people that wrote the hymns that are in our hymn book, and a hymn book is like a history of the church. And I know this hymn book has music going all the way back, way back to the single-digit centuries. So it's almost like a history of, uh, of the church. The hymn is a very precious thing, not like the Bible, but it's a really neat thing. And... Uh, And right now, we're seeing more theologians and pastors writing hymns. Uh, God has given Chris Anderson to the church. And it's really neat to see uh, that a a man that has been trained in the Word of God, he's a theological theologian and is musical, how how the Lord has just used him. And in my generation, it was kind of a thing where pastors and theologians, just left it to the musicians. And I think that maybe why we're in a little bit of trouble is because musicians were doing the writing rather than people that really knew theologically the word of God and what's happening. And not only Chris, and he's inspired a lot of people. <clears throat> you need to encourage your pastor maybe to do the same thing, to write a text for this church and then let Paul maybe set it to music or whatever. It's neat because in my generation, we didn't have that. Some musicians almost had to step up to the plate. But God has raised up in your generation men like Chris Anderson that are writing hymns that are theologically packed. And uh, what an an experience you all had. I got to look at the Sunday evening service when he was here, and what a wonderful time, and and the unbelievable participation that you had as well. (coughs) But anyway and then we're going to talk about the channel music so let's look at the foundation of music we're going to build this superstructure of of how we're thinking our philosophy why we do what we do about music so we're going to build a foundation upon which we're going to build this superstructure and um, the foundation of course is going to be the word of god if you're taking notes you can go ahead and and uh, stick some stuff in there as we might add a few things The foundation is gonna be God's word. So when we're thinking about, and then the rest of the list too. You all have a philosophy of marriage, if you're married. You have a philosophy. You have a philosophy of parenting. You already have one. You have a philosophy of employer-employee relationship. You already have one. We're going to this first list, but all those other things you wanna be building your, why you do what you do according to God's word. It's, it's the precious foundation. And I hope that uh, the rest of the list is something that you will consider as well. We go to a place called Forest Glen uh, Bible Camp in, in um, Nova Scotia. And no, uh, Canada doesn't have all the building restrictions that we have here. And and that's a blessing in a way. But in their case, their main building are these large 12 by 12 pallets that they made and they put them together on the ground and then they built this building on top of those. There's no foundation at all until they realized that it was starting to go down the hill. <laughs> and uh, they, they'll thank the Lord. I think they're done. I don't know if you're familiar with that ministry. I think they're done with their new main building. But I remember think, and when I think about what we're building on as far as a foundation, I go back to Canada and And that's a neat little example about how a foundation should not be. And when we're building a foundation on something that's not God's word, it's going to be similar to that that main building there at camp. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That word dwell means to dwell as a master would dwell, or that that the word of God finds a home in you. Let the word of Christ dwell. And we're dwelling at extended stay. We're just blowing through town. But the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell as a master would dwell or that he would find or that visitor, the word of God, finds a home in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, in in an excellent or rich or very wonderful way. We know that God hates mediocrity, and if there's anything that's indicative of our culture today, it would be mediocrity. And sometimes mediocrity gets in, in our relationship with the Lord as well and how we, how we treat the Word of God. And uh, so we want, to, we want the Word of God <clears throat> to find its home in our heart, and in an excellent way, and so we never quit growing in our view or or in the actions of our heart spending time we continue to grow and allow the word of god to continue to do its work using the spirit of god using the word of god to transform us and make us more like christ so we got the foundation of music so we want to be sure that the philosophy of the world we got to make a choice you know and i think a lot of uh of folks find themselves growing in their their philosophy of music as they grow in their philosophy of other things because of the time they're spending in God's word. Let's look at the purpose of music. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. Most of the commentators that I checked out put the in all wisdom with teaching and admonishing. So the first purpose of music, and if you look and you have letter A in all wisdom, I would put to exalt the Lord or to point to the Lord. Turn back in your Bibles to Colossians 2, 3. No, yes, 2, 3. Chapter 2, verse 3, and we'll stay in Colossians for the rest of the time. In whom, talking about and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. As we think of, uh, think of our music, it needs to the point to the one in whom all wisdom exists and consists. Does, that, does our music shove our head to, um, to, uh, to the Lord? And of course, and he, you know, he is assuming in this passage, he's talking to Christians that have received the Lord as their Savior and have a desire to please him. Let the word of Christ dwell on you richly in all wisdom. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that little phrase in a minute. So let me do that. Teaching, the second purpose of music is to teach. That word teach means to make truths come alive. And whenever the Bible talks about truth, it's talking about the truths of God's word because another thing that's indicative of our, of our day is that Truth is relative, truth is whatever you want it to be. And, um, and that's, oh, the, the, I think Satan is just really using that in an incredible way. And it sneaks into our, the potential of our own hearts as we think about our own Christian life. Some of you remember a teacher where they had you in the palm of their hand. You, you remember terrible teachers, but you remember good teachers, how they are able to make truth come alive. They were incredible teachers. Well, God's word is supposed to do that as well as we think of uh, our music. The word admonishing in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing means to make the truths of scripture confront us or step on our toes or change us. Uh, So our music, as we're thinking about our music, it needs to glorify the Lord. And then we'll talk about, you know, other kind of music as well. It needs to be kind of music that glorifies the Lord. It's pointing me to him. It needs to teach me the truths of scripture. And then it needs to admonish me and confront me. What I'd like you to do is turn to Colossians 1, 28. Now, the context here is is preaching. But I want you to notice something on verse 28. Whom we preach, and we're not talking about music here, the first on the list, but here we're talking about preaching. Warning, that's the same word for admonishing that's in 316. Warning every man. Teaching, that's the same word that's in 316. In all wisdom, there's that phrase again. In always in that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. I don't know what pastor's life verse is, but among many pastors, this is their life verse. This is this is what they need to do in a, in a nutshell because of Paul's example. So the same three things are there. Why do you guys come to church here? You come to church here mainly because of, of pastor and you wanna hear you want to hear preaching that glorifies the Lord, or you can go somewhere else. And you want to hear preaching that teaches the doctrines of the Bible, It teaches the truths of the Bible. You want it. And then there's something in you that wants to hear teaching that will help change. You know, we if if we really are born again, our flesh doesn't want to change, but, what's the spirit that's in us wants to change. And that's so much of the battle. There's so much, there's so much that I want to change and I need God's help and the choices that I make to change. But the flesh is also going to want to, to, uh, to, not change as well. So why you're here? Because of that preaching, Pastor Aaron, you appreciate the fact that he, his preaching is biblical. The same, and I wanna say the same kind of thing, God has chosen the foolishness of preaching and he calls it that because these are little men, men that are little in their own eyes that God chooses to use as an instrument. So so the word of God, it's an amazing thing and we're gonna find out about ourselves as a congregation too, that God would use this man who humbly and as little in his own sight, that God would choose to use him to impart his word to us so that the Holy Spirit can work in our heart. And I'd like to say that we need to do the same thing as far as our music is concerned. Not that we can't listen to any other kind of music. Not that we can enjoy a particular piece or, or a, a Williams orchestration that is recorded or something. But I think the core of our, as we are desperate in our relationship with with the Lord, I'd like to see that maybe the core of what we would choose to do musically would be something that would help us to grow and help us to be more like him. Let's look at the content of music. And I know Chris spent a lot of time on this, and uh, I think he did it on Sunday morning, so I didn't hear what he had to say. So I won't spend as much time on this. Psalms, it's neat, he has psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and if I'm in conflict with Chris, I submit to Chris, because he's the, he's the man. And, uh, but Psalms is actually, um, of course the book of Psalms was actually written to be sung, and if there's a part or a kind of music that we don't sing enough of as we're commanded to sing psalms, another thing in my, my little study about the, the verses through scripture is how many times we are commanded, it is a command to sing. In the book of Psalms, there's over 200 times where we're commanded to sing. And um, I've been praying for certain men in our church. I see them standing there and not singing. I'm praying that the Lord would, would work in them to where they start eking out a little bit of moving of the lips. And, and I've seen that happen. I have one holdout that I'm praying for that the Lord would work, work in his heart and he would all of a sudden start maybe singing a little bit or whatever. Uh, the Psalms are, uh, were written to be, to be sung, but when we have an opportunity to sing a psalm, and there are some in our book, that we're singing actually um, uh, inspired scripture, which is so cool. Hymns, uh, and some psalms, some commentators feel like uh, the Scripture set to music in a powerful way, could be under the same category. Hymns would be those songs that would reflect God's majesty and his greatness. Hymns are inspiring, but they're not inspired. Godly men, and uh, like Chris, he's taking, if you look at his scripture, all the way through principles that he has expanded and built upon principles of, uh, of the scripture that he has written his hymns and hymns would deal a lot with the majesty and greatness and spiritual songs would be those songs that deal with God's goodness to us in our everyday life it's, it's interesting that Paul qualified songs as spiritual songs and they were at this time the Greeks were the the ode was real popular or song was really really pop, popular and Paul would say. oh you know, that's all good and well, but uh, let's, let's focus on, let me qualify that with an adjective, spiritual songs that, uh, that we would have. And I'll leave the rest to, uh, to Chris there, and, uh, as far as the content of song. And this is where I want to spend the rest of my time the channel of music. Channel music, beside Roman numeral number four, channel music, put your name, Mac. God has ordained that there be a channel of music in this church. And everyone in this room is a channel of music. You remember the first part of the verse, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another a neat, another neat little story or a neat little study would be studying all the one another's in the Bible. And uh, it's, it's sweet to read and sweet to study that. And here's one of them, that we one another, each other, by, by the music that glorifies God, music that teaches. And so we have this wonderful opportunity as a congregation. Some of us think, I'm just going to go to church and sit in the pew, and I can just chill, and uh, I'll let everybody else do the work. Well, really, you are the most important part of the music program. It's not the choir, and it's not the soloists or whatever. You are the most important part of the music program biblically. So we come to church in the way that we can, in in all wisdom, pointing to the glory of God, teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's what we do. When we come as a congregation, we come and sing these wonderful hymns that Paul chooses, And a lot of effort, it's not random, those things are prayed for, and they're gone over with the pastoral staff. Everything is chosen for a specific reason for a particular Sunday. And prayer has gone through that, and you get to come and be the main thing. That we get to sing to one another with these hymns where we're teaching one another. And these hymns, I mean, one thing that I have a problem with, I might know all four stanzas of a hymn and be sitting in the pew singing them, but I'm thinking about you know the pot roast in the oven at home that Beth has, or the football game that afternoon. And uh, we have to work because Satan puts all this stuff to keep us from really worshiping together as a congregation. So you have to come planning on working as a congregation where we are singing to one another, teaching one another, And admonishing one another. So there's some pretty confronting hymns. Um, there's There's some hymns that are written for God's glory that have great doctrine in them. And then there's a lot of it that's stepping on our toes as well. And you're the channel. You get to do that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. How are we to come? Singing with grace everything how are we to sing we're to sing with grace everything we are have everything about us is about god's grace now we've been bought with a price grace uh, gives a sense more of graciousness or thanksgiving um, to come ready to sing with grace okay i'm going to be thankful and bitter people are not thankful Um, angry people are not thankful people. Uh, Other sins, whatever, gossipy people are not thankful people. We're to come singing with grace, thankful for what the Lord has done for us because he's writing to this church. These are believers as we are. And we have this wonderful opportunity to sing with grace and the idea of thanksgiving. Do we come ready to work? And I want to encourage you As everything is set I'm kind of coming here we're blowing through town here but we kind of see what's happening behind the scenes in 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 your leadership here at the church Um, you you need to thank the Lord for for pastor Aaron don't all do it at once he might keel over (laughs) and die you need to thank the Lord for pastor Paul and Mike Mike, I think, is the oldest youth pastor I've ever met. Where is Mike? Okay, what a blessing Mike is to see behind the scenes all that's going on, because not only because they love the Lord, but because they love their congregation. And you need to be thankful. The Lord has given you a really marvelous team here. And you need to be very unusual what the Lord has given you here too. It's not typical of a normal church. You need to be very thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace, where is our music from? Our music is from our heart. And you see this in other areas of scripture. Um, even, Even music that has no words, it's just instrumental words. You'll see examples of music from the heart uh, an outflowing of what's happening in the heart. It's really neat being at the Wiles. <clears throat> we loved our 35 years. It was just a, a very sad day when we had to leave. The camp had asked us to stay and do some traveling w- for them. and But we had Beth's mom. And uh, we took her on one trip with us because we felt, well, we're taking care of it. Beth's sister had little babies and Beth's brother was not able to take care of her so it was our and so the lord kind of used beth's mom and our needing to be the ones to care for her to take us off the road to a little local church in the middle of a tobacco field and uh to to minister there but we loved our days at the wiles we would have a thousand campers a week and we would spend the first day our music generally was about creation because a lot of these kids were saved. They were getting introduced to the Lord for the first time. So we spent a lot of time on creation. And as the week goes, there was a real big emphasis, especially midway, about salvation. And then we would have a 1,000 kids, and we would have camper choir. And by then, the Lord had been working in their hearts. Their hearts had been changing. And, uh, so in the, and so on Thursday, we would have a camper choir. And uh, we would average around 330 kids in the camper choir. So a third of them would volunteer to be in this camper choir. They would give up playtime to come sing in camper choir. And to see what they could do, I would only have, did I have 30 minutes? Do you remember? 40 minutes, 45 minutes with them to learn one song that they were going to sing that night. And they learned it. And they sang it, and, and then even the rest of the kids, by the, eve, the end of the week, we can do an old-fashioned song like Wonderful Grace of Jesus, which I think we're doing sometime this weekend. We're we doing it this morning? Tonight. And, uh, or, you know, some uh, songs that were maybe written a generation or two ago, and they were lifting the roof. Why? Because their heart was such that their singing was a natural outflow. Of uh, what was happening in their heart, something that uh, that we always used to wonder. You know, people would ask me, "Would you talk to this unsaved guy about about uh, rock music or rap music?" And I would say, "No, you know, it, it would not do me any good if you know he's unsaved to talk about something that is a part of the culture, that uh, is a part of him. Um, the music, our music, is a reflection of our heart." and uh, where we, and what we choose to do. And then letter C. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And this is something that you see over and over and over again is, you know, again, our music is, God has created music for us to be able to give it back to him. And because uh, he would want to use it in such a way to change us and grow us, but that's just the first thing on the list. And uh, you, again, the same principles that we're applying about music this morning, we need to apply about other areas in our life as well. And uh, and pray that maybe this is a little bit of a tool, a little bit of a hint of maybe your next spiritual step, maybe as far as our music is concerned. Let's pray. And then I think, I'm gonna, can I turn it over to you? I'm quitting a little bit early. He said that I might gain a few friends that way. <laughs> um, and so uh, I tell you what, I'm going to let you close. And then close in prayer too. Would you do that? Thanks. Do you, you got one? All
0: right, thank you, Mac, for that word, to us, and we encourage you to put that into practice even during our morning worship service. Um, sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord out of thanksgiving. Um, oftentimes I'll encourage you when we sing a song, um, it does step on our toes, right? There's lyrics that talk about, um, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I read those words and I think, I that's I don't <laughs> and uh, it's convicting and I encourage you when that when you come across lyrics like that um, instead of singing it superficially sing it as a prayer and and ask the Lord God it, this isn't true of me but I, I want it to be I want I want to long for you and so um, use worship this morning uh, purposefully meaningfully and even as you listen to the choir or, or to the pianos playing um, be meditating on the truths and worship in your hearts as you hear those things sung. So we look forward to the day ahead of us. Uh, this morning will be um, normal worship service. Uh, I think there's some some special music uh, in there as well. And then uh, this evening will be a sacred concert together. And so we encourage you to uh, to be here for both of those. I'll go ahead and close us in prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you for the gift of music that you have um, wired us as people made in your image, to express our hearts, express your truth in such an artistic and beautiful way, um, ways that are memorable, and uh, we, we pray that we use this gift that you've given us uh, for your glory and for the admonishment and instruction of each other, and I pray that that would be the effect even this morning during our service, in your son's name we pray, Amen. You are dismissed again, uh, 10 minutes early, so you can chug an extra cup of coffee if you'd like.
1: And uh, we'll be back here at 10.45 for our morning worship service. You're dismissed.